name is Martha. And this is Colby on Martha and Colby Grow Up. A podcast where we talk about the things that made us who we are and where we're going in the future. Because every week we're finding a new way that we're growing up. Hey, my name is Martha. And this is Colby on Martha and Colby Grow Up. The podcast where 20-somethings navigate life apart together. Which, if you think about it, is a very apt tagline for these trying times. Yes, we are. Everyone should be apart together. I was actually thinking about that the other day. I was like, oh, yeah, like, this works. (laughs) (laughs) As Uh, everyone should be. We are back with another week in Relationship Month. And I honestly, like, kind of forgot it. It was Relationship Month. I don't know what day it is. I went outside today for a little bit, so that's good. I straight up thought it was Friday for like the past 30 minutes. Uh, It really feels like a Friday. And I feel like I have meetings tomorrow. Like I got a bunch of meetings scheduled and I'm like, why? I think we should just take work off for the rest of the week. Relax a little bit and come back on Monday. And then we'll, I don't know, like I feel like it'll be better. But maybe that's just wishful thinking. Better in the terms of like we are accepting our reality and we that we have to stay inside. I've watched like no news today and like I've read no news today and I'm not sure if things are getting better or not as far as um as far as Daron is concerned. So I don't know. I'm just gonna keep up my social distancing and keep plucking along at home, working from home. Before we wanted to get into our topic, we wanted to ask you a question of the week. And I started talking, and I don't actually have a question of the week. So, Colby, do you have a question of the week? Uh, How are you holding up under self-quarantine? On a scale of 1 to 10, let's say. Sure. 10 being you're doing great. 1 is I'm not doing great. Uh, I would say today was rough. Like, I don't. I don't know why nothing necessarily changed, but I just felt like, ugh, like there's just, I don't know, there's just so much going on with, you know, elections and then, you know, government shit with the coronavirus and it's just like a lot. And I was watching 13 going on 30 today. I was like tearing up and I was like, this movie is not even sad, Martha, like get it together. So I think I'm just... Uh, I'm not doing great today. I would say I would put myself at like a four. What about you? Today was a good day for me. It was, I'll play, I'll say eight and a half. That's good. I was productive as far as work stuff. I got a little exercise in. I, I don't know. I, like I said, I stayed away from news, not like on purpose, just, my brain went into hyper-focus, which it was very convenient that it did. It went into <laughs> hyper-focus on something that was actually productive for once. Um, so, yeah, it was um, it was a pretty good day. I feel like like the stir-craziness ebbs and flows. Like, I know yeah. I, I can walk outside if I want to. It just feels weird, too, right now, you know? Yeah. I think I would be taking a lot more walks but it's honestly pretty dreary here right now um so i'm not loving that uh i think tomorrow will be better though i think like overall i'm handling it pretty well i know it could be a lot worse and i know people are having 
you know, not a great time. Uh, so this was recorded on March 18th, uh, just for reference. So this is about in, in a week case old. it's total shit next yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> in case we're all like, yeah, you know, like Martha has Corona, Colby, you know, is just we're all doing our best. But this week we are going to not talk about Corona anymore because you're probably sick of it. Honestly, I'm sick of it. So we're going to talk about vulnerability and uh, what that means in the context of relationships. So I just wanted to start out with a definition. And do y'all y'all know Brene Brown? And Brene Brown uh, did that TED talk about vulnerability. About how you make yourself big to scare off bears, right? That's the one. Yes. That's a very specific joke. If you watch the TED Talk, you'll know what I'm talking about. Did she say that? It's oh, been a long like, time yeah, since I've seen like it. Like your power stance thing, and like make yourself no, big, and it looks like she. That's different. That's a different person. No, that's Brene Brown. No, that's, I'm positive that's Brene Brown. Power posing is someone different, like Superman. Uh, anyways, uh, you. How about you independently verify that, and I'll read the definition. Yeah, I'm looking now. So this is from a website, and it says. In the book, Daring Greatly by Brene Brown, vulnerability is defined as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. Brene says that vulnerability is the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, and creativity. It is a source of hope, empathy, accountability, and authenticity. She looks just like Brene Brown. Okay. <laughs> the one I'm, person I'm talking about. Sorry, I, I, I am not done with you. the definition. Um, <laughs> if we want greater clarity in our purpose, our deeper or meaningful spiritual lives, vulnerability is the path. And it has also indicated that vulnerability is the core of all emotions and feelings. So I think that's a big definition. So let's break it down a little bit. So the first part is vulnerability is defined as uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. So to me, that means like the emotional exposure part, like sort of stripping away layers. Like if we're getting, you know, a Shrek metaphor, donkeys like onions or Shrek has onions as onions have layers. Uh, like Shrek. Yeah, like Shrek. <laughs> like ogres. Shrek also has layers, and you all have layers. So I think that vulnerability is sort of stripping back those layers. Uh, what does that mean to you, Colby? So when I think about vulnerability, I think about some of the podcasters that I like listening to, how a lot of them, when they start out, they say, oh, I didn't want to get that quote-unquote deep because, I don't know, I feel like I didn't want to like take that other person to that level. But the more that they themselves as the interviewer opened up, the more the other person started opening up. And that just brings a whole level of really knowing somebody that I don't think that you can get without vulnerability. So that's what I think about. Totally. I agree with that. Um, the next part of the definition is that vulnerability is the birthplace of love, belonging, joy, courage, empathy, and creativity, uh, ETC. That makes sense to me because I think it's what it's saying is like the more you are vulnerable, the more you are open and sort of like, you know, share these feelings that you might be having or like my therapist this week asked me like who the real me was, like who am I when no one's watching? And I was like, first of all, that's really deep and I don't know how to answer that. Um, and, but I think what she was getting at is like, how am I vulnerable and how am I, how am I open when it's just, you know, when it's just me? So maybe that's a good tangent we can go off of. Uh, what's the real you, would you say? The real me? Yeah. Or like, who are you when no one else is watching? 
I feel like you're the caterpillar in um, Alice in Wonderland asking me this. When no okay. one's watching, I've, I don't, that is a very interesting question that I haven't thought about either before or very often. I think when I'm by myself, I'm pretty... Can you answer it first? Because I'm having trouble thinking about what I do when I'm not around people. But I will say, I don't think that the me when I'm by myself isn't any more of me than me when I'm around other people. I think it's a different facet of me. And I'm going to put a pin in that right there and let you answer while I think. So I think in the context that she was asking that is, I guess like I was having an issue with something in my personal life and she's like, I get that it's hard to take for work, for example, like it's hard to, you know, maybe show up and be professional in a context when it's uncomfortable for you or, you know, these people like, okay, uh, I don't want to get into too many details, but let's just say there is an area of my life where I'm having trouble fitting in. Um, And we were talking about that. And she was saying like, okay, who are you when you, you know, are just yourself and you feel comfortable about who you are and not worrying about fitting in? And how can you bring some of that to your daily life uh, in this situation? And I'm not answering the question that I asked you, so let me do that. But <laughs> I think it I think it's like, who am I when, you know, no one else is watching? I think I'm very much the same. I think maybe there's a little less of an act. Um, sometimes I, I and I don't say I, I act, but you know, when I podcast, there's a personality that I project and I'm maybe a little more uh, like aggressive maybe when I podcast or like I try to be funny because I think that would be entertainment to my listeners (laughs) and I think when it's just me I'm maybe a little more quiet um I'm still very I'm a very caring person and maybe that doesn't come across uh but like in terms of I'm I'm thinking of like dating like in terms of dating I'm, I'm very caring I you know care a lot about people I care a lot about my friends. Um, this this is a hard question. I don't know if I'm answering it that well, but I think if you think of who you are when no one else is watching, I sort of think of like my ideal night. And that certainly depends on the time of the year and like what's going on in my life. But most of the time, my ideal night is sitting in, drinking a glass of wine, reading a book and watching a movie and not necessarily with anyone else. So... I don't do that often. Like I, I usually have plans. I'll usually like, you know, do a video call with some friends or like go out with some friends. Um, so I, I think if we want to circle back to the beginning of this question, I think who I am when no one else is watching is I'm very quiet. Um, I'm just very, maybe calm is a good word. And I'm sort of satisfied with just doing basic things. I don't always have to be seeking adventure Um, I don't always have to, you know, do the go out or like drink a lot. I'm just like, all right, I just want to read my goddamn book is basically who I am when no one else is watching. Does that make sense? I just rambled a lot. No, that makes sense. And now I think I can better answer your question. Cool. 
So if I picture like my like what you said, like my perfect night if I'm all by myself, I am probably I'm probably <laughs> playing video games. Maybe maybe a beer, maybe a glass of wine is really up in the air. I realized that I and I've realized this recently. I talk to myself a lot, like a lot a lot, like more than most people talk to themselves. I'm and it's always about something that I'm trying to figure out. So I guess I'm a curious person. That makes sense. When I'm by myself. I, whereas when I'm with other people, I'm very much like younger sibling syndrome, trying to entertain everyone all the time. Because, you know, if I can make people laugh, then they'll like me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is something I should probably unpack at some point. <laughs> I'm I'm the same way like I want people to like me and I want to be funny and relatable so I guess like not to derail your account but like in order to be vulnerable I feel like that's something I use humor to be vulnerable and maybe that's not necessarily the best way but we can get into that no let's talk about that because I feel like I am way funnier when I'm tapping into like (laughs) stuff about me not necessarily like self-deprecating stuff but I feel like if I really dig into dig into me the stuff that really really makes me laugh oftentimes makes other people laugh too Mm -hmm. um so when i approach humor i'm talking like i'm a comedian i'm not Uh, (laughs) like but when i'm approaching like trying to make someone laugh i really try to start from a place of well what would be funny for me if i'm all by myself Sometimes it's self-deprecating, but sometimes it's, most of the time it's not. I'm trying to stop doing that as much as I used to. Here's a question. Do you ever feel like you say something that you think other people will think is funny, that but you don't actually think is funny? Or on the, ver- on the reverse, you think something is hilarious and everyone else is like, Martha, this isn't funny. But it, it is. So, like, uh, here's an example. Well, this picture of... Uh, that I posted on my Twitter yesterday and it was shared in the Slack. It was like a fucking horse staring at the ocean. And I literally laughed for 10 minutes. I'm looking at it right now. It is so funny. And like, I was like sending it to people and they're like, Martha, this isn't funny. I'm like, no, but it is. So like, I think there's a little bit of vulnerability and maybe like sticking to your guns and like what, what's funny in that sense. Um, so I don't know. I, I, have you experience something similar i mean so and there's like me with my friends like being funny and like me like if i'm making doing a presentation trying to be funny when it's me with my friends i am strictly in making myself laugh first (laughs) like trying like doing like the stuff that's funny to me, I am just going to spout it out as much as I can because I like laughing. And if no one else is laughing, it's fine if I'm just laughing by myself. If I'm like in front of other people, like standing in front of other people, uh, one thing that helped that has always helped me get over like stage fright or whatever is getting a laugh. And I feel like once I get like that first laugh, I'm good to go. And for that one, I'm definitely like, okay. What's funny to me might not necessarily be funny to this group of, like, mostly f- uh, 50 to 80-year-old black people at this church. So <laughs> let me <laughs> let me tailor what I'm thinking. So 
But I don't know. Yeah, it's but it's still definitely coming from a place of what are my experiences? How can what is funny about my experiences? Either way, I think it's more of a filter on the second one where the first one I very much do not have a filter. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. I think uh I have a question. Do you think that having a filter is restricting vulnerability? Absolutely, I do. I think uh I think having a filter can be good and necessary. So if we talk about it like in the work context, you you need to have a filter. Like I think there are contexts in work situations where it maybe isn't appropriate to share like what you did this weekend or uh, what you want to do. But I, I think there are ways to maybe get around that and being vulnerable. But I think in order to segue this into relationships and vulnerability, I do think that you really need to work on breaking down your filter when you're dating. Um, because I think that in my experience, I definitely have like toned parts of my personality down because I'm like, Oh, like what if they don't like me? But who cares? Like at the end of the day, you want to like yourself. I think that's more important than other people liking you because I think, you know, like attracts like, if you're weird, you're going to attract other weirdos. That's just how it works. Uh, and that's like how making friends works. And that's how life works. So I think the more you can be comfortable with who you are, and I think like that's part of vulnerability, like being comfortable with who you are, the more, you know, success you'll have, I think. I definitely was not my full like fucking weirdo self when I started dating my significant other or like when we started talking. Because we talked for a very long time before we were like, it's official. This is the date. This is the one. And I was, I don't know. I feel like I, well, now that I think about it, I'm not sure if I was filtering it out or if I was just not in one of those situations, you know? So maybe I was pretty vulnerable. I don't know. I should ask her whenever I finish this. (laughs) Yeah. No, I take that back. She knew exactly how weird I was. Yeah. (laughs) I a hundred percent take that back. Here's a situation that I've bumped up across in my dating life. I think this also relates back to our boundaries conversation that we had last week, but in times of my life, and I would say I'm like pretty good about not doing this anymore, but I would want like to sleep with someone and I would sort of like pretend that I was okay with everything. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like let's sleep together on the first date. Even though like that was a personal boundary for me that I never really like took the time to think about and uh, learn about myself. (laughs) So I definitely got into some sticky situations because I was not being vulnerable and necessarily like being true to myself. Do you think that you are generally a vulnerable person? I think I... On the whole? Yes. And I will tell you why. I think I've mentioned, I definitely have done this story before, uh, but I'll do it again. So in college, I did like this group therapy program where we read Brene Brown's, I don't know, we didn't read the book, but we sort of did modules based off her book about being vulnerable. And people came up to me afterward and they're like, wow, you're really, you know, good at being who you are. And I was like, well, thank you, first of all. But it's also like, I don't want to be anyone else. So I think I've always had that mindset of, I don't want to be anyone else. However, I do think it's taken a while for me to be like, this is who I am and comfortable with it. Like, for example, 
There definitely was a time in my life where I would, I've mentioned this a hundred times before, but I would like go out and drink and like smoke and like I would try cigarettes to impress boys. Like gross. Like I have asthma. Why would I do that? Um, <laughs> God, I'm still like mad about myself. Like I'm mad about that. Um, but those were like social boundaries that I was trying to break, but I wasn't necessarily like being true to myself. I think because I did all those things, you know, you sort of have to go through trial and error to figure out what's your level of comfort uh, with doing things and like social situations. So I think because of that, I'm definitely more like, you know, I'm okay with saying, no, like I don't smoke, but have fun or whatever. Uh, Also, you shouldn't. It's bad for you. Don't smoke cigarettes. PSA. Good job. (laughs) Uh, Would you say you're generally a vulnerable person? I'm going to go with no, not generally. Does it take you a long time to warm up to people? You know the answer to this. <laughs> I do. But I, I but I'm do the pod do the pod people. No, they do not. And the answer is yes, it does take me a while. I don't know. I don't know why. I just I am very concerned. I don't I don't want to say concerned. I don't want to be rejected for a part of my personality i guess that's real i'm sure some of it is like just how just like regular like anxiety that everyone has i would not be surprised if a good amount of it comes in as like trying to assimilate in a very white society as a black man i feel like adds a lot to that I want to be accepted, and if I show this side of myself, I won't be accepted because in some areas of my life, it's true. If I show a certain side of myself, Mm -hmm. I will not be accepted in that part of society. So there are a lot of different factors that come in, you know? Yeah. I think with that, there's there's different ways of being vulnerable, too. Um, And Brene has this list, and it's, okay, so saying no, asking for help, standing up for yourself— uh, that's not relevant to us. Uh, getting fired, falling in love, exercising in public, even though I'm out of shape, admitting I'm afraid, um, being accountable. So there's a lot of different ways to be vulnerable. And it's not necessarily like being this, you know, super funny person or like person who likes to, you know, bear their soul. Because I do think there's a thing as too much vulnerability. Uh, and I think I've, definitely like I've been in the mindset before that if I'm on dates I just want to lay it all out there and sort of be like okay take it or leave it but I don't think that's a good strategy I think you need to maybe take it slow from my experience other people may differ yeah I can't really say much about the dating part but like finding like a friendship there is something about the person that just dumps everything on the table up front that somehow by doing that feels very inauthentic, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. It where it feels like it's in it doesn't feel natural. It doesn't it feels like you're acting like you are pretending to be vulnerable, which is a great first step in like actually being vulnerable, but I don't know. It's definitely a turnoff for some people for the the information dump 
as as the first move in trying to start any kind of relationship. Mm-hmm. I I agree. I think they're. I I think we all want like love and belonging and connection. And I think in order to get some of that, you do have to be vulnerable and you can sort of build that vulnerability up over time. Like, I guess we all maybe have like best friends or people that we tell a lot of our lives to. And that's a good example of vulnerability versus, you know, a coworker who you wouldn't tell someone close to. So I'm I'm not saying like be vulnerable all the time, but maybe work on it to appropriate levels with appropriate people in your life. That is good advice because... And yourself. People at work do not need to know all your business. They really don't. <laughs> they really don't. <laughs> like Half of them don't want to know all your business. It's stressful. Uh, I, I, people at work, I don't tell them about this podcast. They might listen anyways. Uh, I kind of hope they don't. But if they do, that's okay <laughs> because I think... Uh, I don't know. They haven't brought it up to me, so. <laughs> hey, you, Martha's coworker, stop it. <laughs> yeah. Or support us on coffee at ko-fi slash Martha and Colby. You can donate $3. That is ko-fi.com slash Martha and Colby. Also, thank you to our friend Kathy for tossing in three bucks. That was very nice of you. <laughs> anyway, back to vulnerability. Yeah. It's, it takes vulnerability to ask for money. That's something that I learned from. I learned as now I am a fundraiser used to be in sales. That's a hard thing to do is um, ask for money. That is, that is hard. And I think it's, you know, I would say we're like pretty good at being vulnerable going on this podcast every week and sharing personal stories. I don't think we've, we, I can't say we've talked about like anything super deep, like death or I don't know, divorce (laughs) because well, no, we did talk about divorce. We did talk about my parents' divorce. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I just don't have much to add to that conversation. Right. <laughs> but we uh, we are pretty vulnerable here, and I think that's a good thing. Like, I think it's it's good. And like, like I said, it's important to be vulnerable and, like, be yourself because other people, like, like attracts, like, other people will find that and respect that. I think. Yeah, I think that's true. I I think that people have a very good sense for our often they have a very good sense of realizing what's authentic and what's not. And people tend to like authenticity. And yes. So is authenticity different than being vulnerable? I think that once you are vulnerable, you come off as more authentic. If that makes sense. I think it's part of it. I don't think that all of authenticity is vulnerability. I think you can't be authentic if you're not at least somewhat vulnerable. I guess what's the definition of authenticity in this sense? Because I think I'm having trouble separating them in my mind. I guess for me, vulnerability has... Not all of it, but some of it has a negative connotation. Whereas authenticity is like the holistic view of a person or a situation or et cetera, et cetera. Oh, here's what, here's what Brene says about authenticity. Authenticity is letting go 
of who you should be in order to be who you are. That's real. (laughs) I feel like it's, you know, I think that that's exactly what we talked about, like letting go of who you should be. And there are some situations where you do need to act a little bit differently depending on social situations. But there's just so much pressure to be this perfect person and no one's perfect. So I think if we can let go of the idea like to be perfect, then I don't know, maybe we'd all be in a better place. But here is what she says vulnerability is not. Vulnerability is not weakness. Letting people walk all over you with boundaries. Spilling your guts to every person you meet. Yep. Live tweeting your laser hair removal procedure. This is something that I would do. And perhaps I have done in the past. Uh, Posting... posting all over Facebook about your divorce or breakup, recognizing your flaws and expecting everyone else to just deal with them rather than working to improve them. That's interesting. I like that last point because I think we all have flaws, but I think if we're just like, oh, this is who I am, I think there's always opportunity to be better. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant um, when more towards the top, I was like, yeah, it's when, you know, some people say like they're real, but that just means they're like not a nice person. (laughs) Totally. I think uh, that's interesting. I think I'm honest. It's like, no, you're an <laughs> asshole. <laughs> right, right. Or like, what's a go- what's another example of that? Yeah, like being honest, being blunt, being sarcastic. I think you have to be kind. But anyone with get over it in their um, Twitter bio. <laughs> Are you calling someone else? <laughs> no, just I mean, just all those people that have that in their Twitter bio. I'm not going to give anyone specific. How are you working to improve yourself? In terms of vulnerability? Or in terms of, like, me? Just in general, maybe. So last year, my project was to post myself syncing on Instagram once a month, which I did that. And now I just literally, I don't practice as much as I used to. So I don't do that anymore because it'll sound bad. Um, which maybe is like a practice in vulnerability. Like, yeah. I stopped practicing, and now it's not good anymore to me, to my ears. I think you sound great. Well, thank you. I do not agree with you. Maybe being more confident is one. Like, being confident in the things that I'm good at is a thing that I've been called out for before, where things that I'm good at, I don't think I'm very good at, because I... It's that thing where... You're good at something, so you do it with other people who are also good at that, and you see the ways in which you're not as good as they are, so you think you're not that good. That is an area of my life that I struggle with. That's a vulnerable thing. I don't say that to many people. Well, thanks for saying it to me. (laughs) I used to be very into personal development, and I think it got really grating in the sense that There's always something you can be doing to be better. But I think at some point, you just have to accept parts of yourself until you're ready to, you know, work on it again. So I guess what I mean by that is I could always maybe be a more compassionate person. And if I always worked on that, I think that would drain a lot of my energy and a lot of my, you know, emotional capacity. So I can't always do that I think so right now I have to be content with it and set that boundary for myself but I think whenever I'm like oh I could maybe have been a little more compassionate in that situation that's maybe a sign to work on it a little bit more so I think 
areas I'm actively working on to improve right now. I'm trying to be a good friend. I think that's the area that I'm working on. And a good friend in the sense that I don't want to overextend myself and not set boundaries with my friends. Like I want to, cause it's, it's a very stressful time, right? And I want to listen to them and help in any way I can. So I think, you know, that's just a simple thing. But right now I'm just trying to be a good friend and see us all through this pandemic. So your challenge this week during these times is to maybe pause and reflect on ways you can be a little bit more vulnerable in your life, whether that's, you know, sharing something with a friend who's going through a hard time, maybe you're also going through a hard time, or, you know, just really being compassionate to yourself too, because I think that shows vulnerability and recognizing that it's not go, go, go all the time. You do need to rest and, you know, chill out a little bit because... I don't know. It's good for you. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you for listening to this episode of Martha and Colby Grow Up. We'll be back next week. We have a fun month planned. I am very excited. Planned is a very interesting way to put what we have. (laughs) Okay, well, I have it all planned in my head. I just haven't told you the ideas yet. So, (laughs) see you next week. Find us online at www.marthaandcolby or on Twitter and Instagram at marthaandcolby. Thanks to Stephen Boyd and DJ Empirical for all things sound. Thanks to Jordan from Dreamful Podcast for the artwork. Shout out to Irene, even though you don't listen to this podcast. Don't forget to rate us five stars and subscribe on Apple Podcast. And we'll talk soon. Are, are you high? I just have to ask. No, I'm okay. not. <laughs> uh, this is just this is just how I am. <laughs> it was like you're a little more loopy today, but that's fine. Um, no, these children are just still outside screaming. I'm trying to figure out what's happening. All right. Stephen, you can sound by that. I can't believe yes. If I was high. You look, you kind of sounded like it.